0: Watching on movies with Rebecca and Jason
1: Are you gonna love or hate
0: Here, Here comes the binge! Hey everybody, welcome to The Binge In which a couple of homos review the latest movie theater releases I'm Jason Leroy
2: And I'm Rebecca Larte, And today we have three movies for you Tully, Duck Butter, and RVG. And as always, we're gonna rate these movies on a three-tiered scale With Binge being our highest rating Consuming moderation means it's okay, but it's kinda meh and Sending It Back means... Life
0: is too short for that moose.
2: Oh, that's like is that your like, cartoon
0: mm-hmm. alter ego? Yeah, and I may have sounded like moose. Life's too short it did. for that moose.
2: That's a Canadian podcast.
0: Mm-hmm, and which is appropriate because uh, next week I will be in Toronto.
2: Oh, for you're just waiting in line?
0: Walked right into that one. For the film festival? Uh, yeah, I figure it's never too early uh, to wait for the stars to hit the red carpet. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, so I will jump in and answer the presumptive question of what is up with me, and say that I, as we tape this, I'm about to do some travel, um, for work, and uh, not like not like or you know earth shaking, not not conquering new vistas, not anything too exotic. I'm just going to LA for a few days, and then after that, I'm off to Toronto. But the funny thing about the Toronto trip is that it is it's kind of one of those things where you. You have those ideas in like the middle of the afternoon and the they aren't good ideas. No, it's like But in the time Can I jump out of this window? Right. Like it's right. it's a treacherous time of day.
2: No, it's it's terrifying.
0: Horrible thoughts. Like I feel like people always say, Oh, like, you know, if you're if it's late and you're drunk, then be careful what text or emails you send. But even if you're stone sober at like two thirty in the afternoon. Right. You're definitely gonna be like, should I swallow this pencil? You're going to have some bad thoughts. Mm-hmm. And um and one day whilst fighting my way through an afternoon at work, I thought, Hey, in the Toronto office of my company, they just hired someone new and in theory I have things to offer that person via vi- vis-a-vis training. And I bet the company would like send me there and that would be a place to go on the company dime. And uh and I could go I could go and see Toronto not during the film festival see it off season mm-hmm. i'm thinking may toronto is next
2: year's probably pretty nice
0: toronto is you know close enough to you know where i grew up i'm thinking may will be a warm place there right um and so i pitched it and it was approved very quickly and then before i knew it i was like well fuck i have to go all the way to toronto i <laughs> want to go to toronto <laughs> why am i doing this to myself and then I looked, and, like, it's going to be in the 50s all week no. next week. And, guys, it's, like, it's, it's going to be, like, it's like, mid-May.
2: Yeah, you should have waited until, like, June.
0: And it is going to be in the 50s the whole week. And they they had, like, ice and snow up until, like, two minutes ago. So... You uh, get your
2: triple-fat goose on.
0: <laughs> I mean, I was planning to, but, you know, I'd like to leave... Also, bring a jacket. Leave my club activities separate from <laughs> from the rest of the conversation, <laughs> but... So, yes, I'm gearing up to uh, to do all that. And (laughs) I think I'm just saying myself out because like going, you know, doing the film festival every year is such a to do. And it's always so draining to go through and like, you know, leaving Scott for all that time is always really hard. Mm -hmm. And so even though this time I'm just gonna be gone for like one day over a week, I'm still like bracing myself for like the full emotional torture of it. Um, And uh, but, you know, the first night I get there, I'm going to go see the breeders. So Mm. so there's that.
2: I've never been to Toronto. Is it nice?
0: You know, um, apparently not in May. Yeah. Yeah. Seems terrible. Uh, and uh, and then Saturday, I will be in L.A. primarily, technically for work, but primarily to see the Countess Luanne de Seps do a cabaret show, uh, who is a real housewife of New York. Rebecca's staring at me blankly.
2: I can't tell. If it's either a drag queen or a real housewife.
0: Sometimes, yeah. And the, line, the lines are blurry. They are. hmm and, um, is it
2: like Real Housewife, where the it's like the house of some drag queen, like a <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Paris right. is burning, right. yes, Vanderpump? Yes, the, Paris the real, is the, burning. The real house
0: something? of Darion. There it is. Or that
2: someone would know that.
0: Um, yeah. Well, so the weird thing is, so despite uh, getting to do all these like meet and greets and interviews and all this fun stuff that I get to do with you know public figures, you know my my number one passion is the housewives, and I have never ever ever met one. And uh and then uh the Countess of Rohsway in New York announced two shows, one night in LA, and I moved head and earth to make sure that I was there, and then weeks later, the bitch went and announced a San Francisco show. Mm. And now well, and now well, I'm like
2: When you say show,
0: she's doing like a cabaret. Mm. Uh, cuz she has she has some she has several singles from the show. You may have heard of a little song called Money Can't Buy You Class. No. No? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> well, it's a song. There's also a song she has called Chic Say La Vie and a song called Girl Code.
2: All I can think of is uh my album is dropping. <laughs> my
0: single My, single, my single, single is dropping is dropping
2: is dropping from 30 Rock.
0: Yes. Uh so she is very much she's sort of one of the OG Housewives. Like she has been foundational in any and all Housewives parodies that have ever been done, including Queen of Jordan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, and and she has a felony charge pending against her because she was arrested over New Year's and she physically assaulted the cop and threatened to kill him. So, mm-hmm. uh, so we have to see her while we can. And I am unwittingly becoming some sort of like fish roadie for Luann and <laughs> just following her up and down the California coast.
2: Oh, did you ever figure out if Jill Sobule's coming here?
0: uh so i sort of let that Speaking cor- of
2: how gay you are
0: <laughs> let that correspondence cool uh um i just today i got a text from a friend of the show christian um saying that that story reminded him of on portlandia when amy man is the maid <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> which was an, which was an apropos uh, analogy to draw so yeah, no, Jill and I are good. Um, but uh, yeah, it kind of ended with her sort of casually being like, okay, well, maybe some date in June or July and me casually not responding um, <laughs> because taking it as a freebie. Um, and uh, so, I mean, she she has lots of people. If, if I see her start, you know, if she starts being desperate on Instagram about it, then I might reach back out and be like, okay, let's see what we can do.
2: You're going to haggle?
0: You know, I mean, I can't. Ha- I feel I would feel bad making her because even, a friend I was talking to about it was like, do you have any idea how fucking cheap that rate is? Um and I felt bad.
2: <laughs> how much is it again?
0: It's like seventeen fifty. Uh, and they're like they're like to get they're like you know and I think Jill. I, mean, I
2: guess it depends on how big of a fan you are.
0: Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, so I feel like you know it's good to know that it's there as a possibility at some point if I have if I got money to burn. But you know we have a pretty big trip coming up and and you know and yeah I just I just don't know that I could in good conscience throw that money around right. Yeah,
2: now. it is like the size of a nice uh, the price of like a nice trip
0: yeah yeah and we and, and and we have one of those coming up so. yeah
2: it's the price of a long weekend in LA you know
0: and uh and Jill <laughs> you know Jill Jill's gonna be okay I'm still supporting her and I'm telling all of you how great she is listen to Jill Sobule she's more than just one song anyway so that's the latest in the Jill Sobule situation Rebecca what is up with you
2: uh oh I just saw that um uh Jay Mascus was doing something again it was like a Dinosaur Jr. Tour, and I laughed thinking of Dinosaur Jr. and Gay Mascos. <laughs> Still so good. So good. <laughs> um, what is up with me? Not Absolutely nothing. Um, this is just really remarkably a dead zone. Um, but I mean inside and out. Um, I will say something that has been keeping my interest lately um, is... American Crime Story, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, mm. which I haven't even had the time to finish, which is crazy because I had been uh, so obsessed with it, and I still am, and I still think about it daily where I'm like, man, if only I can like go home and watch that. Mm. Uh, I'm thinking it right now.
0: And uh, and guys, if you're wondering if Andrew Cunanan's styling has had an effect on Rebecca's styling, mm. the answer is 100%. I
2: think they dovetailed at the same time. I wouldn't mm. say I've been in... I haven't bought bought anything new since I've seen the show, but... Um, You're like, my,
0: my resemblance to Andrew Cunanan is a naturally occurring thing.
2: <laughs> I actually, I have a coworker who looks... Amazingly, like um, him in the show, and it is—it's scary sometimes. And I'm, you know, I was like, "You have to see this; it's so great." And I like actually started to watch it, and then it's like all him, like naked. And I was like, "Okay, that's a weird thing to say to a coworker." <laughs>
0: You're like, I watch him, and I just think of you. I'm like, so when you watch like, it, how think bad
2: is this going to get? And it just keeps getting worse. He's so when you great, watch though.
0: this show, picture me watching it also and thinking, thinking of, of you. you. <laughs>
2: Luckily, my work is like pretty much anything goes. You can say anything to anyone. You can just be like, no, that was my job. And they'd be like, oh, well, I think we can do.
0: That's the advantage of working in a sex club.
2: (laughs) The perks are amazing.
0: Very permissive. Um, Very lax HR department.
2: But I love that show. It is so, you know, it starts off being so... Uh, fun kind of, and like you know stylish mm-hmm. right, like you're just like really you know enraptured with the and the, the luxuriousness of it and the the eightiesness and the
1: nineties um
2: the nineties oh is it the ni- oh yeah yeah, yeah the nineties yeah, ness yeah. um of it all, and the you know that feeling that you get kind of from the from the o j series as well, where you're like, oh, it's like the flashback nostalgia, and then suddenly you're taken out of that and you're taken into this as its own story, mm. and it's so incredibly tragic yeah. it's so heartbreaking, you're kind of not prepared for it. You're still kind of expecting like a, you know, a fun sex murder romp. I mean, and it just maybe if you don't know into, anything about
0: Andrew Cunanan.
2: I well, Okay. Guilty. <laughs> like him. Guilty. Didn't. Now I know too much. Um, and
0: how far are you into this show? Is he done killing people yet?
2: Um, He probably just finished. Mm. I think he just finished. It, it was, yeah, it was like the part where he goes back and visits his father. Mm. Um, didn't see any of In that coming. Yeah.
0: Wow. You should go back and reread each week. Vulture had like the leading. Oh, I love when they do those. Yeah, they had like the leading like investigative reporter of the Kunanin case for like the oh, Miami really? for the Miami newspaper. Um, go break down every episode and like like here's what's real, here's what's embellished. Oh my god! So yeah, they did that for every episode. You gotta go and read those. Have to. Yeah. No. Um, it's, it's yeah, just like they did for the OJ show.
2: So I'm gonna watch that i'm gonna finish that up and then i'm going to watch the rachel dolezal documentary on netflix gonna... i'm excited about that are you <laughs> yeah that fa- i'm really interested in, in that story
0: yeah yeah i hear that it's not it's, it doesn't give her uh, an easy treatment yeah uh i hear it's pretty tough on her
2: wow a woman of color getting a hard treatment that sounds Typical. really mm-hmm. difficult or Just really atypical
0: more the same In um, that way she sacrificed her privilege t-
2: <laughs> speaking of speaking of Privilege? I don't know. Speaking of women.
0: Mm hmm. Yes, of, 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 complex, of complex female narratives. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, let's start with our first movie of the week, which is Tully, our pick of the week.
1: Pick of the week! Pick of the week! Pick, pick, pick is the pick, pick of the week!
2: Marlo, a mother of three, is gifted a night nanny by her brother. Hesitant to the extravagance at first, Marlo comes to form a unique bond with a thoughtful, surprising, and sometimes challenging young nanny named Tully. Do you know what a night nanny is? They take care of the baby at night so mom and dad can get some sleep. I don't want a stranger in my house. It's like a Lifetime movie where
0: the nanny tries to kill the family and the mom survives and she has to walk with a cane at the end. Get over yourself. Uh, So I first saw Tully, it was probably about a month ago now. It played at the SF Film Festival as a special tribute to Charlize Theron, and uh, who was there and who was amazing, and uh, and and that later that night or the next morning, I posted about on Instagram, <laughs> and a very good friend of both of ours, Reese Witherspoon, uh, happened to chime in and send me three stars, which is just what she does. It's this thing between us, and then after Reese did that, we also <laughs> heard um, from a good friend of both of ours named Katie, uh, who is uh, who is a mom. And who chimed in on the post uh, to let us know that mommy groups were really, really angry about this movie. And uh, and I, having just watched the movie, was really uh, taken aback by that because I was genuinely mystified as to what they could be upset about.
2: And but you have your finger generally on the pulse of the mommy community. I'd
0: like to think I do. Um, you know, I'm a fairly maternal person. Mm-hmm. Um, I give off a very mom energy and I wear mom with those hips and and I wear mom clothes. So mm -hmm. well, they fit you best. I feel like I have standing in this conversation, Uh but as uh, as you
1: would mm -hmm.
0: and uh, and so uh, and so uh, so she and I were commenting back and forth and we took it to text because I wanted to tell her um, I wanted to give her the option of knowing the entire movie so that she could go back to the moms and say like, oh, it's it's maybe not what we think it is. Um, and one thing led to another, and uh, and we were able to uh, to bring her to an early screening with Rebecca to see the movie, and we have her with us here today, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome our good friend Katie.
3: Katie. Yay! Hi, everybody. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Hi. To, welcome
0: to the binge. I'm
3: so excited to be here. We have a real mom.
0: A real life mom, because uh, because Rebecca and I are uh, are just are just barren homosexuals. <laughs> we got nothing. N- absolutely not a thing. Nothing to give the world. Uh, our reproduction is fruitless. Uh, but Katie's mm-hmm. is fruitful.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah,
0: <laughs> two times over. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and so 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 Katie, walk me back through that are
2: babies made when you when so rebecca <laughs> <laughs> this'll
0: be lost on her don't even try <laughs> uh so katie walk me back through uh when you saw me post about tully on instagram what was going through your head
3: yeah so within the kind of new mommy community those of us ladies were really excited to see this movie be marketed to us mm. it's about us I don't I mean I don't know about you guys as new moms right but mm-hmm. my social media is just filled with Tully 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 ads just because they know they see <laughs> what Is there I a sh-
2: name for the mo- is it is it incels is that what they're called
3: never mind sure <laughs> <laughs> <That> <laughs> <right>? inside joke <laughs> um, so you know inundated by Tully and there I am in the microphone I've never done this before everybody <laughs> listening to this um, You're doing great. thanks so um, word kind of got out that uh, there was a bit of an okey doke in this movie, and I'm not going to say what it
0: is for everybody's sake, but an okey doke? Okey doke. Oh, what like, is that? Like mom speak? Like yeah.
3: a a hoodwink at the end, like a.
0: Oh, okay, like a big twist. Yeah,
3: like there's there's a punchline, like there's right. a there's a switch out, like it's you know You know, the it's right,
2: old bait and swap yeah the the mom de doo the whoopsie yeah the flurgy mop <laughs> you know
0: right well in in you know which is what i'm you know had messaged you later to be like well just so you know here's what's really going on in the movie yeah but at the time uh it seemed like you were saying that the local mom that, that the moms you were in conversation with online were very concerned about two things which were the, de- the depiction of postpartum the postpartum experience and the idea that this movie is about a of the sex worker. Yeah, yeah yeah
3: yeah yeah okay sorry so i'm i i have a uh a... How I don't even know how old she is. Seven seven week old baby at home. So it's oh my gosh. yeah. Everything We're is a little s- bit fuzzy. We're so glad you're. Um, here. So glad I'm wearing mascara. Um, so oh yeah. So uh, mommy's helper is sex worker. Very very off limits trope. That's mm. that's kind of what people thought was going on. So this movie is being marketed to us, and then we find out that it's not really what it seems. And there's a a sexy night nanny that has sex with somebody's husband. Um, and it's it's just all bad. And there's mental illness involved and it's not in- treated correctly. So mommies were a bit leery of it just mm-hmm. because it it's it's supposed to be a movie for us about us. But then they mm-hmm. find out what they think it's actually about. And it's not by us for us. It's actually... It was not
0: FUBU for moms. No,
3: not at all. No, it's it's for somebody else, like by somebody else. Kind yeah. of like a how dare you take advantage of us in this vulnerable mm-hmm. time.
0: And, um, and that was all based think. on the trailer. Yes, it was based on what everyone was seeing in the trailers that were making the rounds. Right.
3: Based on what's in the trailer and then kind of based on what like rumor of what the movie is actually about. Mm-hmm. And then when mm-hmm. you told me what it is actually about, actually about, actually about, mm-hmm. because of the <laughs> okie doke flippity do, um,
1: <laughs> I mm-hmm. was like,
3: okay, mm-hmm. that's okay. I'm okay with this. I get it. It's really more of a piece of art than mm-hmm. it is like a, hey, it's a feel good mom, Jennifer Lawrence kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it's not. Um, It's definitely not for the faint of heart. I'm a little bit icy and I knew what was going to (laughs) happen. So I wasn't really affected, but I can definitely see how somebody who struggled after having a baby recently Mm -hmm. should probably not see this movie for a few years Mm
1: -hmm. oh so
2: like a a trigger warning should be in effect yeah
3: but for a really small population of people like those of us who have just given birth and are still sore should not see this movie
2: like emotionally sore yeah well both right yeah where did they come from (laughs) again
0: if you could talk us through this (laughs) uh so uh so yeah so uh, rebecca and katie just saw this movie together just last night so it's still kind of fresh and uh and would you say that okay so first of all the the mom traversy um around what the trailer looked like which i know was not just which was it appeared to have been a widespread controversy um because scott also has a a a newish mom at work with him who told him the same thing when he said that we had gone to see this she was like oh no 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 that movie's very offensive and um and that wow. was also ba- that was also based on the trailer, yeah. which is something that I feel like in general is 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 borderline out of control. Like the controversy around I feel pretty based on the trailer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: uh And uh, and now again with Tully and I think I saw an interview with Diablo Cody in the Times that where she was like tr- speaking about like, I get that people are concerned. Um, and in in you know, in, and I see how it's coming across. I can just I can just try to hope, assure them that that's not the way it is in the movie. This is just marketing. Marketing always gets in the way of art.
2: So so just to be clear, what we're saying is that the trailer makes the movie seem a lot more like salacious and disingenuous than the movie actually is. And do we think that's a studio decision?
0: Oh yeah, always. Oh, okay.
2: It
3: it was also so I I saw the movie. I come home. I'm sitting on the couch with my husband watching Vanderpump Rules, mm. and a commercial for Tully comes on after I see it, and mm. I head i sat down and i explained to him the movie that i just saw and then the commercial comes on and he's like that's the movie that you just saw really mm. that's that's not the way that you described it at all i'm like yeah it's it's kind of not what i saw at all
0: yeah yeah no i mean trailers are lies and, <laughs> and that's why i that's why i don't even like watching them because like basically when you're watching a trailer you're guaranteeing two things one it's going to show you some of the best moments of the movie and ruin them for when you actually watch it right and two it's going to almost completely misrepresent the tone of the movie like, that's almost guaranteed. And in the case of Tully, that's completely um, the case.
3: Yeah, I mean, the moments in the trailer, like, spilling the just-pumped breast milk mm. is one of the most devastating things that happens in a new right? mom's life. Right? Oh, my it God. Happens, so you know oh, about it, Rebecca. I mean, it's I mean for different worst. things, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. you know, there are a couple, it's like, cheap. running down the hallway with the baby carrier, that that kind of thing, just the, the struggles that it you know quickly shows right. are real but the tone meh, no
2: oh no. so did it i haven't seen the trailer does it make, make it seem like it's a hilarious mommy mishap yeah with a little bit of salacious okay so that's a that's a very interesting thing do you think that um do you think that without the what what, did, what was it I don't, I don't know the jargon the whoopsie do the o-key goop. Goop. the okie do uh-huh, at the end do you think that even without that that the tone of the movie was different than the trailer
3: yes it was it was very dark I think that if you know that it's Diablo Cody and you mm. observe that Charlize Theron has put on 40 pounds you're gonna expect that this is gonna be a heavy movie and mm. not <laughs> a funny movie but on it on its surface that, that that's what they're you know right. trying to make it be but it's it's not
0: and it should be said that Diablo Cody herself does have three young children and as with young adult uh, she is very much sort of writing a personal story about herself and, uh, and using that to, you know, connect ideally with other people who have had similar experiences. Uh, did It felt to me, not having any, of course, direct frame of reference, that there were moments in this movie that have not been shown in other movie depictions of motherhood.
3: Oh, yeah. All of them. All of them. And even, even kind of the themes that only moms would know. Just the, the juxtaposition of the... Of the sister-in-law and of Margot, mm. and just that kind of guilt, right? Because happens because
0: in the movie *Charlie's* brothers, we have Mark Duplass, and then he 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 has a wife who is uh, who is not a mom, and there's a sort of that tension between them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and oh no, she
2: is a mom. She also has kids, but it's a, like they're uh, they're much more rich than than the others, right. and like everything's easier for them. They have nicer things. They have um, they have a uh, like a what do you call it? Like a nanny that stays around during the day. So while well, Charlize Theron and her husband are struggling and they're like lower middle class, her brother and uh, his wife, although sweet, which I also thought was a neat aspect of the film, mm. how they th- think they hate each other. Right. Um, but cute. they're both like silently, ju- like think they're being judged by the other um, person. Yeah. Um, the it it was,
3: it's the No, it's it's the, the silent judgment theme mm. that Rebecca just said. The okay. the sister-in-law, I forget what her name was, but she has yeah. a moment where she, you know, she says something like, she's judging my parenting.
1: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I
3: go through, I have a nanny with a child development degree too for my, for my older child. And I had a night nanny, um, and, you know, you you see these mothers that are absolutely struggling because they are not as fortunate, you know, to be able to afford these kinds of things. And it's, it's just, it's rough. So I also felt that the movie was kind of a socioeconomic mm-hmm. story about the difference between parenting when you have more and you have less and i thought that was was pretty brutal too just Mm -hmm. her showing the other side of oh look at how easy it is Mm -hmm. but you know it's it's not i i have a nanny and i have margot moments more than i have rich sister-in-law moments it's just Mm -hmm. it's it's motherhood
2: what would you then recommend the night nurse by the way 100 percent. (laughs) even if it totally
3: strokes you out like dip into your house savings to get the night nurse because you Mm. need to sleep sleep there's no other way that you can sleep. Hmm. Full stop. Yeah.
2: Can I get a night nurse to just clean my
3: house while I sleep? <laughs> to just wake
0: you up a few hours Make me and just like, give, you a, I wake give up. you a shot of Jaeger and put you back down? Uh, I get so fussy. <laughs> Real fussy. Real fussy. Uh, no, I mean, I, I felt when I was watching the movie, like I was watching something that was just that, that, like you're saying, was depicting so much of the experience of becoming a mother that is never in uh, in film, starting in particular with the moment where the nurse is forcing her to pee, uh, af- mm-hmm. after she after she's yeah. given birth, like yeah. that was such like a raw moment and so unglamorous and so like depicting you know like the sort of the bodily uh uh consequences of birth in a way that is just not shown in movies
3: mm-hmm. i i i appreciated that there was you know big ups to diablo cody for actually <laughs> like having the courage to to write about that because that's not really what we see in the media we see kate middleton like with mm-hmm. a full beat in her cute little red frock coming out of the hospital right we don't see The blood and the gore that goes with giving birth and with early motherhood. And I I really appreciate it that now this is like in the cultural diaspora. That that this Mm -hmm. movie is out there for people to see who don't know. Maybe, you know... Young women that are really excited about having a baby—it, it's pretty gross. <laughs> Stop it. and get ready. <laughs> uh-huh. There's this like
2: really um, what I, w- I was thinking that like this is the opposite of like a jump cut in a scare movie, but like twice as terrifying as the part where it's like the basically the, yeah, that's like the on the beat montage oh, yeah. of like but baby that's what crying, doing the like. thing. They that's like what it feels like. It's like synced up uh, in a very like oh. audibly aggressive oh. and stressful, terrifying way of like yeah. changing the baby cry, baby crying, dropping this, doing that, and it's like put together like a minute or minute and a half long montage it's insane
3: but that's that's what it feels like
2: yeah for it does it
3: weeks months years probably i don't know i'm not that deep in the mother <laughs> yet, <but> <laughs> <laughs> um it's yeah it's it's a roller coaster of just feces and screaming and mm. you don't get a break at all at the very very beginning
2: Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well,
0: you're really so everybody go it, out and you, have a baby. You, it's you. really cool and really fun, <laughs> uh, and it's the
3: best thing in world.
0: I also love. I love the moment. Um, I think one was in the trailer that uh, that is somewhat light. That works is um, is whenever she drops her iPhone on the baby's face. Yeah, in the I of- haven't. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> yes. Uh, so let's so, talk
2: for a minute, if you don't mind.
0: Oh no, I was just going to ask you some more about what you thought of it. Oh, that's not important. Coming at it from- <laughs>
2: Let's talk about Charlize Theron, shall we? Uh,
0: yes, and and it was fifty. She gained fifty pounds for the role.
2: I would think at least. Because she's no, she so did. tall. I feel like in order to make a dent in the way she looks, it'd have to be like fifty pounds, <laughs> fifty to hundred, else she'd still look the same. There's so much there's so much area to cover.
0: Oh my god. She's like
2: eight feet tall. <laughs> but she her like physical performance in this and it's not like it's not just like she gained weight, but like right. the way she's so physically vulnerable and like Natural, it like the the way I don't know the environment that it was filmed. In must have been amazing. I can only speak to like the chemistry between like a director and and a, and an actress,
1: mm-hmm. where
2: when you go. think of like physical transformations. you think of like oh someone got really ripped or someone got really overweight or really skinny but like the way she just moves in this movie when she like tries to go running for the first mm. time yeah. it's like it feels familiar it's like the it seems like it's not an actress yeah, it seems she, like it's your friend in the park
3: She she's definitely moving around as if she just had a baby and the whole you know bottom part of her mm-hmm. torso is just completely ripped to shreds right. however she would not be riding a bicycle that's mm-hmm. the one thing about Ooh, the physicality checker, there you <laughs> <go>. <laughs> there's no way she's gonna ride a bicycle that, that vigorously that. right after having a baby I other know. than that she was incredible
0: yeah uh it, it's it's such a I mean she, she's one of the best and uh and I think this is one of her finest performances mm-hmm. and you know and your point about the chemistry you know it's it's the second time that director Jason Reitman screenwriter Diablo Cody mm-hmm. and actor Charlize Theron made a movie together the last one was Young Adult which was one of my favorite movies of all time so it was maybe not you know and and on the one hand i'm like well so it shouldn't be surprising this movie is so good but you know, on the other that kind of raises the stakes in a way uh where it's like oh god is it just gonna like plummet downward oh, right. uh mm-hmm. because you know because the movies that jason reitman has made since a young adult without diablo cody have not been the best mm. and uh and but but uh but somehow uh somehow it all works so we haven't mentioned very much about mackenzie davis who, tully. Played, who plays tully the night nurse uh, so as, uh, as you're going through this, what were your, um, impressions of her as a character, the way it was written, uh, the way it was portrayed, did it start to feel like it was getting close to that cliche of, of, you know, like, oh, she's like this, you know, sort of sultry, you know, manic pixie temptress. Is it going to be a Rebecca de Mornay and hand that rocks the cradle situation? What were you thinking mm-hmm. when you were watching it? Uh,
2: it did seem close to the, uh, the the like a stereotype of that type of character but at the same time like it she seems so familiar. She was like a an amalgamation of like five different people I know <laughs> in a way that just made it like incredibly realistic um where or am like are my friends just all like uh, caricatures of people? Um yeah, well, well <laughs> I do have that clown friend. Um we all know who I'm talking about. Heidi. Uh. Um but yeah, yeah, I know I know what you're talking about. Something about it Felt more authentic than that. Mm. If, it, if something had would have been different, it would have it would have been like a um, an insincere portrayal of that right. sort of character. And then you know when you think about the end, that's yeah. also an interesting way to think about how she's portrayed as well because mm-hmm. the lens through which she's this character is is a little bit different. We're not going to give out any right. spoilers, but. Right. That f- helps frame any questions I had at the end about um, mm. how realistic she was.
0: Yes, the aforementioned okie doke mm,
2: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. uh, is a is a real is a real game changer. One thing that struck me in this movie too is how casual it is about Charlie's character's queerness.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, because so much of the movie is about um, Marlo reckoning with her, uh, with her sort of with just where she is in her life and feeling maybe somewhat trapped. By you know, by the kids and by the job she doesn't care about, and then you know she has sort of a chance meeting in a cafe one day with a woman, and you feel kind of a spark, like the way they're sort of looking at each other, and you start to realize that this is like an ex. And, uh, you know, and then there's a scene later in the film where she's kind of taking Tolly out for this, like, tour of, like, her old stomping grounds. And we're hearing more about this relationship that she was in with this woman. Mm-hmm. So the movie is very casual and very matter-of-fact about her her sort of queerness, her bisexuality, mm-hmm. and doesn't—never n- draws attention to it uh, in a way that I felt like was kind of progressive and, 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 and encouraging.
3: I, I felt like there was more to that originally, mm-hmm. just because it was—, it was- so deep and it was it just added to the heaviness of it just mm. of, of her pain and everything that she was going through Right. Um, it felt like there was more that got left out about that and that was the one thing that I was like huh when I walked out of the theater I was like you that, that's what I wanted kind of more of Yeah. for her to go through this incredible transformation just to, to kind of just get sprinkles of that just didn't feel like it was enough
0: yeah what do you think Rebecca
2: Um. you know they, it's a, this one's a hard question to answer without spoiling it right um because it makes me wonder about okay so how can i do this um it makes <laughs> me wonder it like, makes me go back to the movie again at the end and look at it through what you know now mm-hmm. and oh, then I reimagine see. it read, and I then and it, it all makes asking. a lot more fun and sense right. More fun and more sense <laughs> um but i think that that casualness is kind of a lot of things uh that are handled in this movie which i think is really really uh great even when we talk about the the socioeconomic differences between uh her and her brother mm-hmm. it's not like a it's not like a Roseanne story. Like it, no. like it kind of looks that way a little bit. The aesthetics of their house might be, but like... It
3: is so Roseanne in that house now that you say Right?
2: That. But like she used to live in New York City and like is kind of cool. And like he's like kind of a... He's kind of a dump, but he's like not a complete dump. What her husband? Yeah. Yeah, Ron um, Livingston. Ron Livingston. Ron Livingston. What are you going to do? Mm. America's here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. America's sweetheart. America's sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're meant- not so far that they're, they're like painted unrealistically.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a story about, um, you know, the so-called economic anxiety, mm. uh, but it's presented in a very, yeah, like it's it's, it's a very, I don't want to say it's apolitical because I feel like, you know, especially now, like anything to personal is political in the movie's depiction of uh, of so much of this, the movie's depiction of just sort of this brutal, raw, honest depiction of, of the experience of women having children is itself you know a great progressive act but it does manage to create this story of of this sort of yeah this sort of economic resentment between the two um siblings and their respective families um, in a way that can look at that honestly without throwing it into this like culture wars place
2: right yeah they're like clearly like are struggling to find the money to you know take care of their one son enough but at the same time it's not like they're they need anything or it's like kind of weighing over their heads in a way that's making it like a focus of the movie it's just a kind Mm -hmm. of a casual what it's like to like not quite have enough to get all the things you need
3: but I mean I think that that casualness is what brought upon the mommy outrage also okay I think that the casualness
0: uh, about the economics about the
3: economics about what Margot is is going through Mm -hmm. just about you know how hard it is to take care of a newborn when you don't have any support that kind of stuff it was all addressed really casually And that that seems to be the crux of why women around me are a bit outraged about this.
0: And you're saying that based on the trailer and how it looked casual in the trailer? Right. Right. Do you think it's casual in the movie? Uh,
3: Yes and no. Okay. Yes and no you know at at the very beginning it's you know you have Ron Livingston kind of like do 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 i'm not going to help la 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 mm-hmm. and you know it's not made a big deal it's like it's it's totally normal that he's not going to help and we never see you know what else he does like he's I, it's so hard not giving away what happens in this movie. <laughs> um <laughs> But I, I think that just the, the rumors around this movie are that these really serious issues around early motherhood are being dealt with casually. Mm-hmm. But- seeing the movie it was done really artfully and really well and once you get to the end of the movie it's actually not casual at all it's super duper serious but yeah on the surface it's it's casual and i think that because these type of issues have never been shown Mm -hmm. in movies before and never really been addressed before i think that new mommies wanted them to be taken super duper seriously
1: yeah and
3: it just doesn't seem like
2: they're being taken seriously but they are well new mommies are gonna have a shock in store for them when they hate see this later (laughs) They're going to be like, wait a minute, I was mad because it wasn't enough, and now I'm upset because it triggered me.
0: <laughs> Can't win with a new mom. New moms are tough crowd.
3: It, yeah, it's a lot of hormones and a lot of sleep deprivation. It was so always going to be a loose loose. Yeah. It was. It
0: was. And I think I think that's what Katie said to me on Instagram when I was like, oh, could you ask the new mommies to withhold judgment until they see it? And you said something like, it is impossible to ask new mommies to withhold judgment, trust yeah. and believe.
3: Yeah. It's just even <laughs> even just for myself. <laughs> <laughs> because I immediately like jumped on Jason's Instagram feed and was like rah, 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 about this
1: movie.
2: <laughs> nice. And You've I've, become an internet troll. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Nice. I, uh, you finally. Know, purse full of goldfish crackers, and <laughs> orange slices, and hate <laughs>
0: uh well all all in all are you uh are you glad that you saw tully do you wish that you could have waited longer to see it until until you're further down the road from your most recent delivery
3: i i am glad that i saw it and it it did not negatively affect me after i told my husband what it was about one of the things that he said was are you okay <laughs> I sweet. Um, and i am okay um you know Partially because I have a very supportive, wonderful husband and I do, I, mm-hmm. I have a lot of support. I'm really, really lucky that I have a lot of support. So mm-hmm. I am okay seeing this movie. I laughed. The only time I cried were in like the sweet kind of mommy, num-num kind of moments that, yeah. that are shown, which was like, oh, I love my babies. Kind of a cry, mm. not a sad cry. So um, I I loved it.
0: Well, that's great to hear. Uh, I loved it too. We also didn't even talk about the movie explores the experience of a parent having a special needs child in a way mm, that yeah. that is really um, that I haven't don't think I've seen before either. Where because the, they don't know, they just they yeah they, yeah they, there's some behavior that um, that seems um, troubling, and they just don't know. And the first thing you see in the movie is her t- doing something that she thinks is helping. Um, and at first, when you see her doing it, because she's brushing um, her son with like. Just a hairbrush just over his whole body. And you're like, what the hell are we watching? Um and I was thinking, I'm like, is this a mommy thing? I don't know. Um, but uh so that's but uh but no, it's that it that yeah, there's just so many different points of view and experiences this movie um brings to a major a major, you know, cinema experience. Yeah, but that's normally not. So there. when
3: you when I saw the the hairbrush come out, I was like, Oh, he probably has a sensory disorder yeah. <laughs> yeah. because yeah. I know on these things <laughs> now. Because I have children of my own, but
0: Everybody else has no idea. Rebecca, were you? Did you catch on to that too? Uh, I
2: did. I used to. I had a friend that was a physical therapist, oh. um, so I knew. I knew about that. Yeah. Okay. And then I've been wondering. This is going to sound terrible. I swear, this is not coming from a place of like being funny. But this morning, I like my cat keeps yelling at me, but then never wants to be touched. And I'm like, oh my god, I've seen this behavior recently. <laughs> tea oh, up No. I'm like, what do you want? Just tell me what you want. It's, and I was like, okay.
0: Guys, give I Rebecca credit. So it took her until the very end of the review to bring up Teacup <laughs> as her own child substitute and to conflate Teacup to a child. <laughs>
2: saying, giving, I'm giving this a binge it. <laughs> oh. Giving this a high binge it. No, this movie actually was, a, I was, <laughs> uh, it was very clever and it was, uh, I, it got me and I loved it.
0: I loved it too. Binge it for me, Katie.
2: Binge it with caution.
0: <laughs> yes binge it with trigger warning uh attached
2: yeah until is rated r for language and some sexuality and nudity katie thank you so much for joining us we know you, it's hard to get a minute with a new mom two babies are out there uh feeding each other i uh, think right on the sidewalk <laughs> yeah i, I left them with the uber driver <laughs> that's why you have one star <laughs> <laughs>
0: whatever she's the customer here thank you katie we Thanks, love you guys it was a
2: pleasure Woo. All right, and that brings us to movie number two, which is Duck Butter. Two women jaded by dishonest and broken relationships made a pact to spend 24 uninterrupted hours together, having sex on the hour. The romantic experiment intends to create a new form of intimacy, but it doesn't quite go as planned. You know these kind of couples that they spend like 10 years together
3: and then they get married? They divorce in one year.
0: <laughs> Just go and have fun with the things you have right there. Yeah, like this. This whole night we should do this for like 24 hours straight. It's like dating 10 25. years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I want to see you getting angry. Ah! You're so beautiful.
0: Shouted to the moon.
1: She oh! is so beautiful!
0: <laughs> so this film is a interesting sort of back-to-back with Tully in the sense that they are both about uh, these sort of uh, somewhat morose female protagonists uh whose lives are upended by a a kind of a manic uh you're you're kind of kind of what feels like maybe some variation of the manic pixie dream girl archetype Mm -hmm. um and uh, except for tully does a lot more with it than duck butter does
2: that's exactly what i said right before you turned the microphones on Taking credit for my
0: thoughts. <laughs> and they are also both movies starring Mark Duplass. So there's right. that.
2: He just can't get him out of things.
0: No. Um. In the case of Duck Butter, I kind of love... Uh, so the, it's very jarring in the beginning of the movie because... Mm. Uh, so Alia Shawkat, who co-wrote this movie with its director, Miguel Arteta, who mm-hmm. previously, most recently made Beechers at Dinner.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, Alia Shawkat plays an actress named Naima, who uh, is cast in a Duplass Brothers film and um and so the opening sequence is uh is of her showing up to set and just not quite getting the vibe right yes (laughs) and uh and it's such like a funny way like for a movie so the whole movie is about intimacy and about struggling to find intimacy struggling to achieve intimacy with other people and it's almost like she gets kind of read by the dupros brothers for not being able to understand basic human emotion uh, because she's being asked to do this scene with two actors who also play themselves, Kumail Nanjiani and Lindsay Sturge, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's a very emotional scene, and uh, and she is, uh, they tell her she is clinging to a previous version of the scene that involves <laughs> onion rings, <laughs> and she is just like aggressively eating these onion rings and just like asking like weird questions that are really interrupting the emotion of the scene, and she is just not understanding. Uh, the, what the emotional through line is of the scene and is just wonderfully oblivious uh, to the whole thing. So what I want to start off by asking is Rebecca, mm. how much did you relate to her character?
2: Oh my god, I love onion rings. <laughs> I can just be really hung up on a thing <laughs> <clears throat> and fail to see the bigger human picture.
0: And just generally feel uncomfortable with uh with displays such as the displays in this movie.
2: And then, then you meet somebody and they uh, loosen you up a little bit they can um and then you run scared <laughs> and then no i don't know um a little bit i mean i feel like the, the the thing about her character is yes there's definitely a joke to be made about that but i i didn't feel like it was like you know again so extreme that it was i think it's relatable to a lot of people you're like
0: i'm more extreme
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, there's way more hope for her than there is for me you've never
2: seen me double down on a thing i it, it is like i'm a like a chihuahua in the back of an ankle <laughs> can't shake me
0: yeah i mean i've heard you make that noise but, no. but i yeah i haven't seen it actually in person so uh so here we have uh naima so she goes from this duplass shoot doesn't go super great but Mm-mm. they are so nice and friendly to her that she's like oh, okay well you know try again tomorrow and then she goes with her friend played by Mae whitman off to a concert uh so may whitman, may, may whitman uh who is uh, these girls are all uh, queer can may whitman can go on a date with a girl mm-hmm. and then uh and this where she's
2: like gives you that speech where she's like why wouldn't you talk about politics and the girl's like i'm not gonna talk about politics on a first date and like but the world's terrible it's falling apart i was like okay
0: and so ask i asked again need to step away from this television for a moment so i asked again how much did you relate to that character <laughs> okay it was a little hard to watch <laughs> so... i
2: was like i couldn't finish it because it froze and by it froze, I mean I froze because right. I felt too emotional about right. it and I had to leave the room. Like, oh, Give bye. me a good horse movie to cry about.
0: When I say the computer froze, I mean because I threw it against the wall <laughs> and screamed,
2: you don't fucking know me. I uh, go through so many TVs that way.
0: <laughs> You're just like Russell Crowe with phones. That's how you are with MacBooks, watching movies that hit too close to home. So uh, so while she's at this club and she's haranguing a, bunch, a group of older women about how they as boomers have fucked the younger generation. <laughs> uh there is another woman there named sergio played by laia costa and uh and sergio is kind of um she's one big red flag in a way really she, is but she's definitely a free spirit i hate uh, those yes the worst <laughs> they really are the worst she's a real free spirit but with definitely a very manic edge to her
2: mm-hmm. i mean it goes hand in hand
0: yes which is why i say give me old give me old sturdy reliable over (laughs) manic free spirit any day uh so sergio uh is uh is wasted and Mm -hmm, uh kind mm -hmm. of works her way over to uh over to naima and uh sort of uh you know starts to hit on her Uh, one thing leads to another they go back to uh to uh sergio's home and hang out with some of her friends and then uh, Naima and Sergio have just sort of a really fun, just ca- uh, just spur the moment, and you know, impulsive hookup, and uh, and yeah, have a, just a really nice few hours together. At the end of which, they start talking about intimacy and mm-hmm. dating and relationships and how like getting to know people is such a shit show, and you never know, like you waste all this time with people to find out that they're terrible later. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, if only you could just sort of like get to know someone like right away, uh, you know how different that could be. And uh, and they kind of come to this this idea of like, what if they were to spend 24 consecutive hours together?
2: Which sounds like such a like a like a crazy movie trope unless you're a lesbian, in which case you've done that seven <laughs> or eight times by the time you're 30. So yes, many apartments.
0: This, this is the perspective I want from you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, yes, yeah, it's just another uh, right. story in a lifetime, which
0: is to say two women met. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and but although also part of that is that they uh part of the plan is that they need to have sex every hour on the hour mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh is that true to life
1: uh
2: for uh sure yeah yes <laughs> that's why i that's why it's so hard to think of positive things at three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> i don't know um yeah no definitely <laughs> isn't it the way that way for you no
0: I would be if I tried I
2: gotta go be right back
0: (laughs) it has been an hour and a half minute minute uh yeah no I mean I was thinking uh well yeah I was we can talk about what we would do in this scenario because I mean like you know it's different you know meeting someone new of course if you were to do that at any time it would be when you've just met a person right that's the only yeah um and even that I'm just like I feel like I'm like what what number would I hit before I just got violently angry and, just, and really? was and was like I hate this. Please stop making me do this. Um, I'm thinking it would be mm, maybe like four. I think because like you know by the first time it's like great. Then the second time you're like, huh, we just did it. Now we're doing it again. And the third time you're like, okay. And the fourth time it's like, I do we really need to do this every? Why? <laughs> There's, the body can only give so much. Uh, oh, that says a lot about you. <laughs> says A lot about men, <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, no, that 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 sounds just I don't like... know. I think
2: that's right. When you would get to the part where you where then it starts to be, you know, when you're like, oh, I can't stay up, and then you stay up, and then you're like, okay, now I'm up, now I can't go to bed. You know, I feel like it would kick in, and you would it would go through a couple of ups and downs mm-hmm. in, the, in the period, I think. Um, but I think it's, I don't think it would be
0: what I'm saying oh. is that there are human limits on ejaculation, that's
2: note I... taken. Wow, I learned so much about things today. <laughs> Katie still needs to come back and tell me about where babies coming. Well, from. And, the
0: funny, and the funny thing is that... Wait the, a minute. This movie was actually originally written... I'm guessing that Miguel Arteta had written it himself, and then Alia came on and and kind of punched it up and changed it. Um, it was written originally to be... Um, the Sergio character was a man, and oh, I think right. that's why yes. the name mm-hmm. is Sergio. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they just couldn't find the right male actor to play the part, and so they're like, "Well, let's make it a woman."
1: Mm, mm. And
0: uh, so and that would I probably would have been a lot more you know if it had been a man. And they were like, "Oh yeah, no, he is able. Yeah, he is. He comes twenty four times, once an hour for a day. Uh, No,
2: that's really not possible.
0: You're gonna have like yeah, you're gonna have (laughs) just dust. It's yeah, there's." The the body getting, needs to regenerate the body needs to regenerate.
2: Oh interesting. Hmm.
0: Uh well. so men who are listening, feel free to to come at me and tell me that uh that my junk is broken. It wouldn't be the first. That's also a uh, kink, so I really appreciate right, you not exactly. broadcasting that <laughs> on our podcast. Please, please tell me my junk is broken. <laughs> Can't hear it enough. Uh so yeah so there's that, there's that premise and uh, and it sounds like torture um but you know hmm. I could see how if it's and it's also been a very long time since I've dated. That's um, not what
2: I you were going to say. Go ahead. <laughs> it's
0: been a very long time since I dated. And so I know that like I think it's different because I think you know part of the the emotional core of this movie is that kind of is loneliness and need. Um, when you are single and you're on the dating scene and just that desire to be able to connect with someone and and, chemistry and and excitement and to turn, well, yeah. And to turn when you actually do have that spark with someone to just like put, capture it in a bottle and Mm -hmm. hold on to it Mm -hmm. for as long as possible. And so, you know, what we have here is these two women who have a natural spark and connection and they have good sexual chemistry and they are enjoying getting to know each other. And they're like, well, let's just beat this into the fucking ground and uh, and see if we can just like do this experiment uh, where we uh, just kind of fast forward through the first like year or so of a relationship in a day.
2: I think where it breaks down is not the having sex every hour. It's all the nonsense talk in between that, that ends up making it so difficult.
0: Well, certainly to watch as a movie, yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. As everything kind of falls apart, that's where um, the sort of like manic um, fun goes gets tiring very quickly
0: Mm -hmm. oh yeah no absolutely shelf life on that well and that's why you don't take that's why you don't take crazy home uh Mm. that is what happens when you take crazy home and i think that's the real lesson of this movie Mm. uh is uh is that uh is that sergio's character is i mean she is yeah she's a little out of her fucking mind Mm. um but i guess that's supposed to make the good the the okie doke more fun huh
2: Mm. yeah (laughs) there you go
0: call back to our friend Katie's phrase from earlier. Uh, so anyway, so we uh, so then they decide to not do it right then in that moment. Sergio, when whenever um, whenever Naima first suggests this twenty four hour thing, Sergio's like, let's do it right now, and Naima's like, oh, god, I gotta be on set tomorrow morning. And kind of, you know, hurt Sergio right away. Um, And right away we see that Sergio is maybe not super rational. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm.
0: Um, And uh, then Naima finds out the next day that she is fired from the movie. Mm -hmm. And so then she goes right back over to Sergio and is like, hey, I love that idea so much. And this gets to, I'm thinking now of one of the things about the movie that I think could have been um, underscored more, which is so much of it feels like it's satire. Um, When mm. you think about like, you know, mm. when you yeah. think, when just like the whole thing of like, you, you know, going on a Duplass with a shoot as a way of finding out that you don't know anything about intimacy. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, and then sort of like slinking back to this like crazy person because like, I got fired. I need emotional validation. Hey, remember last night? Remember how it was fun?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: And then sort of, you know, and then just kicking off this whole experience where, you are hitting all these sorts of milestones in a relationship over the course of 24 hours mm-hmm, in this mm-hmm. kind of comical way, um, but the movie doesn't have its tone is not very comedic.
2: No, no, it has. It seems like a very sweet, sincere yeah. uh, movie. Yes. While uh, they explore um, their relationship and
0: yeah. who they are. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's a lot of. Although you know, I feel like it would have been. I feel like we're cheated out of what would have been a much more impactful movie just by the just by the fact of Sergio being such a crazy person. That,
2: that really was a that really made it unrelatable. It really did made it um, hard to watch because yeah. like, it was kind of like a one note the whole time. Yeah, I think we're also cheated out of a, out of a there's like a, maybe a Kimya Dawson soundtrack that mm. would have been appropriate here that I feel like we're missing. Calling
0: it back to Diablo Cody's earlier film Juno, right?
2: That would have been a great through line.
0: I agree. I agree. Because I think that, you know, watching a movie about two sort of more evenly, people who are more evenly matched, like mentally, emotionally, Mm -hmm. um, would have been really fascinating. But instead, we have this crazy person Mm -hmm. that, Mm -hmm. that really brings this dynamic to the movie that is that is alienating ultimately and, and that, kind of annoying and very annoying and kind of makes it only the story of these two people mm, yes yes and mm-hmm. and I guess that's why I'm saying that it should have just swung harder into the comedy part of it because mm-hmm. if it's a story about like this you know this like sort of commitment phobic um, woman with no emotional intelligence wow okay um, <laughs> 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 oh. you like it burns it burns oh wow, um, okay you know uh, sort of I just,
2: did say happy birthday this year <laughs> I remember
0: deciding to, you know, try this experiment with like the worst possible partner she could find for herself, given her own limitations. This like this woman with no boundaries whatsoever, who is like this festering, like cesspool of need and like spiky manic intensity.
2: Oh, wow. I I just realized something about my life. Go on.
0: <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is a lot of lot of reveals for Rebecca today. Uh, that you know, like that's kind of hmm. like so if they lean harder into the comedy of it, you should have
2: just done the twenty four hours, then you didn't have to get divorced. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's the it's the line in the movie. It's a line in it's the movie. It's a line
0: in the movie. And I can't believe she just remembered it word for word. <laughs> uh, I was like, I thought I wrote that down too in my notes. Um, and uh, so I feel like that part of of you know yeah they lean more into the comedy, especially Rebecca didn't get to finish the movie because of the aforementioned throw of the, of of the, of the, of the, of the computer. <laughs> But uh, even like, the things that happen in the final 20 minutes or so feel like jokes. Mm-hmm. They feel like jokes. Um, but it's played very naturalistically. Um, Alia Shawkat is... I mean, she's a terrific, terrific actress. Um, and But she plays it all very... Yeah, just very in a very grounded, emotional way. Mm-hmm. Um, La, uh, uh, Laya Costa, Spanish actress, uh, is very <laughs> convincingly crazy. <laughs> She was a star of um she was in this great German movie called Victoria, which was a real-time action thriller. Uh that's like t- two and a half hours long. It was shot in Berlin um between the hours of like four and six thirty AM. Mm. Um it's really like seek it out. It's incredible. Okay. She's incredible in it. Um and uh and so and this is now she's in this, and uh and yeah, she's convincingly crazy. I feel like in some ways it might be reg- a regressive character, um, mm, because, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. cause she's, she's, yeah. And she's like a hot tempered Spanish woman. Mm, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's like not so different than like, you know, like Penelope Cruz and Vicky Christina Barcelona. Sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: so, you know, and, uh, and she definitely pushes, she goes crazier than you expect by the end of the movie. Mm uh so yeah so i feel like there's a lot of potential here and you know you have this great cast most of whom are kind of just there to essentially cameo and the whole thing having the duplass brothers play play themselves feels like a very meta sort of wink because it feels like a duplass movie Mm, yeah it sure does very talky very naturalistic
2: Uh, you really you really hit it 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 is that it's the tone they didn't commit to a tone
0: Mm -hmm. and
2: parts of it feel sweet but not enough for you to feel invested parts of it are funny but not enough for you to laugh mm-hmm. like find it to be a comedy um yeah it just kind of misses all those yeah all those marks unfocused and at the end yeah unfocused and it makes it um kind of a miss for me yeah mm-hmm. and we set it up the premise i feel like it, it would it seemed
0: yeah you know when i read interest. the premise i was like oh this is gonna be amazing and, and cast it does have a lot of boning
2: it does yes mm-hmm. i mean well as expected yes
0: yes and uh and it's very uh You know, would you say, I mean, it's directed by a man, but, you know, did you feel that the way that the love scenes were staged and shot and everything were, did you feel like they were respectful, more female gaze oriented?
2: Um, Yeah, I guess I didn't feel like it was particularly um, objectifying Mm -hmm. or exploitative. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yes, they felt very, uh, felt very real. Um, And um, and speaking of intimacy, there is the title of the movie, Duck Butter. Which
2: we will leave you to figure out or Google. (laughs)
0: But let's just say it is a funny name for a movie about the grossness of intimacy.
2: Duck Butter is unrated, unrated? (laughs) Duck Butter is unrated, but would probably be an R for graphic sex, nudity, and language. And speaking of a hard R graphic sex and nudity movie, our last movie of the week is RBG. An intimate portrait of an unlikely rock star, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. With unprecedented access, the filmmakers explore how her early legal battles changed the world for women. Ruth Bader Ginsburg changed the way the world is for American women.
3: I became a lawyer when women were not wanted by the legal profession. Thousands of state and federal laws discriminated on the basis
2: of gender. She was following in the footsteps of the battle for racial equality. She wanted equal protection for women men and women are persons of equal dignity and they should count equally before the law. She captured
1: for the male members of the court what it was like to be a second-class citizen. The point is that the
3: discriminatory line almost inevitably hurts women.
1: I did see myself as kind of a kindergarten teacher in those days because the judges didn't think sex discrimination existed.
2: It's Just one sex romp after another this week here on The Binge, Um, (laughs) but we do start off with the a tale of a, a, a baby, and then the the middle. I don't know. I have no sure. line. Something women, women, women figuring out their personal um, uh, mountains to climb and climbing them with um, their own perseverance, support, and the support of others. Yeah, that, you buy it? I do. All right, take it away, Jason. <laughs> I can't do this by myself.
0: <laughs> Carry your weight. So RBG uh, is uh, is a fairly straightforward conventional style documentary about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, it has all the usual trappings uh, that you would expect from a mainstream documentary in terms of the talking heads, the archival footage, the you know like the intro, then going back to black and white footage of <laughs> meant to evoke her birth. And going straight forward from there. <laughs> <a poker> bird. <laughs> and um, and uh, so yeah, so at film, you know, uh, formatting wise, structure wise, um, it is incredibly um, traditional and straightforward. But that's okay uh, because the story of Ruth Bader Ginsburg um, is uh, is incredible. <laughs> it is it is it is very inspiring and powerful to walk through with her. Um, and I think one of the things that's most important about this movie is that it establishes what the actual depth and complexity and significance of her is mm. and try and tries to rescue it from the internet ah. because it certainly feels at you know like when the film's beginning, uh we're getting this sort of like this super high energy montage of like r b g mania mm-hmm. and um and you know they're interviewing people you know people who came up with the notorious r b g memes mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. And um, and, and the movie sort of participates in that by showing her um, doing her workout with her personal trainer while wearing a sweatshirt that says Major Diva. (laughs) Um, And so it definitely, because, you know, the the internet's fascination with RBG is a very shallow thing. Absolutely. It's very ageist. It's incredibly, yeah, it's entirely like, oh, look at her. She's so old and she's so tiny, but she's still kicking. How cute. Um, and so, yeah, so it's very shallow. It's very patronizing and the internet is like vaguely aware that she is an accomplished woman mm-hmm. and that she, um, is on the right side of history.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, uh, and so, and then, you know, there's also a talk from like Jezebel writers being like every time that Justice Ginsburg, uh, released her dissent in a ruling, the internet would explode. Um, because, you know, but also I'm just like, well, yeah, well, Jezebel would. Sure, of course. Um, but yeah. like, you know, but like I don't, the internet in general was not actually reading her Uh It was just like, RBG! Right, So So, right. uh, yeah. So what the movie does is um, it really uh, distinguishes, it separates the woman from the meme, mm. which is essential work to do. And, uh, and it, you know, just goes back to the very beginning and just chronicles each of the remarkable achievements that, um, that, that sort of followed her through her life. And, uh, you know, from she was one of nine women in um, Harvard's 1956 law class with 500 men. Hmm. Uh, And, uh, you know, and she graduated from law school, taught her class from Columbia, couldn't get a single law firm to offer her a job in New York. Uh, And, you know, and just following her to her first um, argument in front of the Supreme Court in the early 70s, she won... Five out of six cases that she argued in front of the Supreme Court, um, you know, going on through, um, you know, and these are all cases where, so, okay. Part of what makes this interesting and in some ways, some argue um, problematic Mm. is, um, you're like, I agree with it already, whatever it is. (laughs) Uh, And uh, is, so, you know, RBG's style is very, um, her style is very moderate. Her style is very... um, honey than vinegar Mm -hmm. um and she talks in the beginning and she's she's 85 years old and she's like you know my mother always told me um two things to be a lady by which she meant do not be overwhelmed by feelings like anger do not let them take you over and be independent be able to do for yourself and um and so and and she's as she's gone through life she's never been a protester Mm-hmm. Um, she is somebody who is, uh, it's not her way. She is somebody who has a really intense, uh, sort of devotion and aptitude in the area of law specifically. And that's where she wants to make change. And she is very, you know, she always sought cases that she felt could, could, could be law, a good law case, um, to, to make a law, to amend a law. Uh, and that's kind of what she has followed through her life. And part of what she did in the seventies was take cases, that were actually that that were male plaintiffs. Um, but it was something it was like a, a law that had to do with the presupposition that a woman's place was in the home. Mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, there was a there was a guy whose uh, whose wife died while giving birth to their child. And, uh, and then he but he was not permitted to he was not given access to her, um, I believe it was her social security, because that was only for women. Um, mm. and uh, there was some play the long game, and uh, yeah, and so, so she was like, by giving all the all male Supreme Court because of that, because there was no women on the court until Sandra Day O'Connor in the early 80s, right? Uh, by giving them a man to look at, someone who looks like them, uh, they were able to see that you know that these gendered laws were injurious to all. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so there's a very, like, you have to work within the system. Mm-hmm. You have to be patient. You have to appeal to these men on their own wavelength. Um, and there's, you know, there's definitely today, there could be a sentiment that that's, there's, th- that, you know, time's up, you know, and that, like, there's, you know, no use trying to, that we wait long enough to be patient and try to, you know, appeal to the powerful men and their hubris and try to talk their language to curry their favor. A lot of people today are like, well, fuck that. Right now, it is all about just being super fucking angry and letting that run rampant.
2: But the only reason that works right now is because um, the system supporting it is is capitalism and advertising, and that's a place where more people can have a a change. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to the law, like in 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 government, like people are generally there's not much you can do. You know, voting is questionable how that works right like even you know especially after the last election where we're like is it even real like what's been manipulated um and when you you still have to work within the system to make those sort of changes um i were we just talking about the phrase of like the the liberal truth or the someone was just mentioning
0: truth has a liberal bias that's
2: it and you're like well it's still the truth and like by by fighting the cases fighting these cases with the um which 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 seems like a liberal bias is Mm -hmm. is just like you know uh, sort of defending what is right or, or, or fighting for what is right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she was, you know, she was really the first um, sort of female lawyer to stand before them for all those years. And to, and she, you know, since that, since that point onward has sort of fundamentally shaped um, sort of the legal status of women in America And, uh, and, and we follow her through each all of that. And we see I mean, we see what the process is for her. And it's it's unglamorous. It is I mean, she's a quiet, shy, reserved person. She is incredibly hardworking. She has adult children in the movie who talk about, you know, growing up how, you know, she would just be she would just not eat, she would just be like, work, 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 work until like four or five in the morning, and then be up at nine to be at the court. Um, like she was, like she did the work. There's no like fun, sexy takeaways here. Mm-hmm. She did the work and she, I mean, And that's
2: she, sexy. That's fun.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know about fun, but you know, but yeah, I mean like she, she stuck it out. She, she, she did all. She played the long game and, uh, and we, you know, we see her confirmation hearings, um, in 1993 under Bill Clinton mm-hmm. to be appointed to the court. Um, and uh, and then you know we follow her kind of you know any movie that take that ends in the current moment ends in a moment of great uncertainty. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but really it put it says like is she you know sort of makes her say that she's gonna stick around. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and they're like you know she's like I have always said that I will serve um, as long as I am capable of serving. And uh, and it definitely shows her working out a lot so that we can feel like she's gonna be capable for a long time. We hope. Um, it really, it spends a lot of time on her actual dissents and her words and it plays her voice and has the words on the screen. So we can really appreciate what she's saying the, you know, she's bringing a point of view to the court, um, that no one else ever brought before her because Saturday O'Connor was super conservative. Right. Uh, so Ruth Bader Ginsburg was the first sort of more progressive female voice on the court, the first ever. And, uh, fortunately now not the last, uh, but mm-hmm. she was the first and uh, and she remains one of its defining uh uh, voices in that sense
2: um what are you giving this movie
0: well one other thing i wanted to say was that um one of the great so they have a lot of access to her in the movie and she just i mean she does she does seem like a delight not to talk about her like the internet (laughs) does but she seems i mean just watching her go is i mean she never expected this uh and uh so there are two other things about the film that i wanted to point out that were amazing one is that This documentary, surprisingly, is one of the great romances. Oh. The love story that unspools in this movie between Ruth and her husband, Marty, like brought tears to my eyes. Oh, wow. It it was so. Never cry. I know. I was very moved. Um, I still didn't cry, but I was very moved. It is just like it really. Oh, my God. It was just such a beautiful, powerful love story and his support for her, his love for her um his putting himself and his career second because he knew that she was a genius mm. uh and him being this like gregarious um extrovert while well, she was this very shy introvert uh and they you know they were together um for uh like over 40 years and uh, before he, he passed away in 2010 and, you know, so it turns into like the notebook mm. and you're just like, oh, like amazing old couple in love, but someone's dying. Um, it was, uh, so the love story here is truly one for the ages. I hope that they um, do it justice when, so there's a film coming out about her called On the Basis of Sex. That's a narrative film of Felicity Jones is playing her. Mm. Uh, so I hope that, that film will uh, do justice to how gorgeously the romance is captured in this film. It was just unexpected and very disarming. And the other, the number one reason to see this movie is that prior to being filmed, she, Justice Ginsburg, had not seen (laughs) Kate McKinnon's impression of her. And they show it to her on camera. She was Ginsburg. That was a third degree to Ginsburg. And her reaction is Amazing. So uh, yeah, so for no other reason, watch it just to see Ruth Bader Ginsburg watching Kate McKinnon's impression of her <laughs> on SNL, and then being asked if that reminded her of herself in any way.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna run out and see it right now.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but no, this is a for me this is a this is a binge it. You know, it's a, it it is a very yeah just straightforward, very traditional documentary um but uh but the way that it tells its story and it makes some surprising choices and it really just brings it feels like you're just luxuriating in the essence of the subject and uh, and that's a good place to be.
2: rbg is rated PG for some thematic elements and language and that's it. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the binge thanks again to our friend Katie for showing up and telling us um, all the mom stuff that we needed to know. Be sure to subscribe if you're on iTunes. uh, If you're an Apple iPhone user on Android, you can use Stitcher, the SoundCloud app, or right in your Chrome. You just do search for the Binge Movie Podcast. Um, Jason is on Twitter at... XS Baggage. I am at Fight Balance. Thank you so much for listening. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.
0: Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason. You
1: made it to the end. That's amazing. There There goes the binge.